Cinema Sex Ed contains strong language, sexual scenarios, and potentially offensive comments. It is intended for maturely immature audiences only. Red leather, yellow leather, red, red leather, leather, yellow leather, leather, red leather, yellow leather, leather red yellow. Okay. Speaking of leather. <laughs> Cinema Sex Ed. Oscar edition. And spanking. Oh, sorry. In the Detroit airport, there's an entire Spanx store. S-P-A-N-X. Oh, there's a huge one in the Santa Monica Mall. And I think they probably, before the Oscars, the Oscars is a big Spanx night. Oscars. Sponsored by Spanx. (laughs) We are not sponsored by Spanx, but we are willing to be sponsored by Spanx if Spanx or, you know... We've certainly encased our tushies in your products. Right, or pretty lady wee-wee pads want us. I mean, we'll we'll, Um, we'll do That's a conflict for me. (laughs) (laughs) I am the always bladder control panty spokeswoman. Brought to you by... Spanx. Spanx and always bladder control and always wet and ready. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. All right, class. I could use some lube. <laughs> I mean, if we're asking for sponsors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, thankfully nowadays they're making some new, like, natural lubes because I don't want a bunch of... I've un- never used lube. Really? I don't... What do you do with lube? Oh, you do all kinds of things <laughs> with lube. What don't you do with lube? I don't is really know. question. Oh, my God. It makes life so much easier. Oh, well, I'll have to look into lube. Yeah. I always should have a tube handy. <laughs> a tube of lube. A tube of lube. Should we start the show? Like five gallons. <laughs> a month's supply. That's for you. It's going to be one of those days. It's Vagicine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Vagicine. <laughs> the Vagicine Radio Hour. <laughs> For ladies, for when ladies in Vagicine, the acting coach of me just sees two vaginas doing maybe a little piece from the seagull, a little vagina, che- little vagina checkoff, like a Vagicine, <laughs> yeah. check off your vagina. <laughs> it's a thinker, not really. Uh, so, uh, well, welcome. What's how do we start this show again? What's the start, Marcy? It's- welcome to Cinema Sex Ed. I'm Miss Jenny. And I'm Miss Marcy. And, and class, class is in. You guys have tuned into our second annual After uh, Oscar special. Our Oscar recap just for you guys. Oh, and we're excited. We are coming to you live from the heart of Hollywood. <laughs> uh, now, let me just talk about how hardcore Miss Jenny is. Miss Jenny got off an airplane last night after a family trip. <laughs> Yes. And watch the Oscars late. And I just want to give a shout out to DirecTV and say, fuck you, DirecTV. Because oh, they did they, that to us, too. They cut off the last four yeah. and we couldn't get them. The last four? Oh, they just cut off. We got the. We didn't see the acceptance speech for best picture. I had a meltdown. Again, I, had, oh, I yeah. was like, I'm all like. I'm home, I'm happy, I'm with my puppy, I'm watching the Oscars, everything's good. What did you do? Cried. Okay, well, okay. yeah. We went, we went online. I couldn't get it through the DirecTV app. I couldn't get it through the ABC Go app. I mean, I was on my computer trying to find it on 
the web through an internet browser you than I was going through us. You could have come apps. over and uh, watched it. By this point, it was like 11 o'clock. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it was like too late because we unpacked. and We were busy at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Linda. That was my original plan. <laughs> I'm poor Yoko. Oh, Yoko. After a week with my family business, with my family business really sounds like he was spending time with my badge, but he wasn't. He wasn't spending enough time with my badge to his chagrin. But enough about my badge. Let's talk about the Oscars. Fashion. Should we start with the dresses? So, yeah, why don't you tell me about... Well, I'm going to show Jenny some dresses. Well, first all right. of all, my favorite was uh, Charisse Ronan. But I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to show you some of my favorites. Wait a minute. All right. Charisse Theron or no, that's Charlize Theron. That's what I said. Is Mad Max tall yes. blonde? No, I know who she is. <laughs> Charisse, I have partied with her, lady. Ronan, Brooklyn, Sosha, Sersha. Why the? Uh, yeah, I said Charisse. we don't know how to pronounce it's her Saoirse name. Sersha Ronan. It's Sersha. Some please. Are you, you say Sersha about that? I say Sersha. You say okay. Sersha. Amy Poehler looked like Fran from the PTA. She was wearing sort of a floral mumuish. Yeah, I mean this this black dress. Actually, it, it is a kimono esque dress with some really beautiful embroidery. It's it's a beautiful dress. It's just I think she's too short for it, and it doesn't show enough of what's beautiful about her body. I think in a taller. Right, like and she went brunette, dress. and I it's uh, it's interesting. I don't like her as a brunette. I, I I mean, like I like that dress. It's just it doesn't didn't look right for her. Oh, but dear, it Kate did look Winslet. comfortable. Kate Winslet, oh, yeah, she looked oh. a little bit like she was wearing a hefty bag, <laughs> and and she's beautiful. I mean, if you she's look at those beautiful. Pictures comparing her and Leo at this Oscars to the first one they were oh. at with Titanic, it's yeah. amazing. It also makes me like nostalgic. Like, oh, remember the nineties? Uh, yeah, back and... I like. The, I love their relationship. Yeah, that they're, they're like they're. You know, they cut to her when he won, and spoiler alert. Yeah, well, of I'm course. sure at this point people yeah. know. Um, she was so emotional, and that made me. I got very. I stared up a little. Not that I think they're probably both not very nice people, but I. I don't know. I just get. I think they are. Really? Actually, I do. I actually have. You feel like you could hang out with them? What celebrities? I don't know know that I could hang out with them. I don't know that they'd want to hang out with me, and maybe that's what would make them not so nice. But I, I think that they are. They're so private. Who do you feel could be your bestie? Who's your celebrity bestie? Like when you, I want to hang out with Tina Fey. I think she and I could hang out. That's a given. But you know, Tom and I were talking about this recently, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast. It's Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks, I just have so much respect for. She's gorgeous. She's talented. What can't that woman do? Yeah. She's hilarious. She can do hardcore stuff. She can do like hardcore serious stuff. She can do comedy. She directs. She's you know, I love her. Like what celebrity couple do you think you guys could go out for dinner with? Who would you, who would you oh, and you Emily call? Blunt and and John Krasinski? Yeah, that I would like that celebrity couple as well. Although I would love just to be a fly on the wall with Lee Schreiber and Naomi Watts because I just that is an odd couple to me. I think it's just very intense. I think he's a very intense <laughs> person. And I of course I want to hang out with George and Amal just to see. 
I'm sure the, the political conversations would be would very be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I would love Matt Damon and his wife. Mm, uh, for me. She, I, but you know, she was a restaurant hostess, so I don't know where. Did you that see? That only makes me respect him more. Yeah, and absolutely. her more. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just don't know. Plenty like, of actresses. Politically. Um, it did sound really snotty on my part. I, did you see Jimmy Kimmel last night? Yes. Oh the my Jimmy God. Kimmy, ben Jimmy Affleck. Kimmy. The Jimmy Kimmy show. Have yeah. you been following the whole Matt Damon thing? Uh, enough. Enough that I understood. I know it's hilarious. It's been going on for a decade or whatever. It was another one of those moments where I just go, do people realize how funny Matt Damon is? His comedy timing is so funny. The look on his face when he burst out of Ben Affleck's jacket. Like, he, like <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. It's adorable. Like, to me, he was the best thing about The Martian. And, and I liked The Martian. Yeah. And we'll talk about it a little bit more. But really... He he's just so easy to watch. He's very likable to me, um, Matt Damon, and he was great on Jimmy Kimmel. I just I like his ease. Okay, okay. speaking of your favorite, Emily, pregnant Emily Blunt. How beautiful did she look? She looked beautiful in that lush dress. Yes, she just she's pregnant. One of the last movie, well, the last movie we saw before watching the Oscars was um, Sicario. We watched because it was up for score and cinematography it was also up for one other thing i think like sound mixing or something uh and it's not it's it's a really great film but there i don't know who it was made for i don't know who the audience it's a very hard film to watch she's amazing benicio del toro unbelievable but the way she looked in that very similar to how she looked in what was the one with um Tom Cruise, The Edge of Tomorrow. Is that what that oh, was? Yeah. Like, you know, she still had that fucking kick-ass body. She's like a DEA, right? Is that right? DEA, the drugs. And yeah. Drugs. Yeah. Uh, working with the CIA. But yeah, I mean, she's just like kick-ass. And then to see her pregnant. Okay, look at Charlize. I thought she looked gorgeous. Charlize Theron. Wearing a Theron. dress it's no just, Jewish girl it. could ever wear. That dress is unbelievable. It's one of my favorites. I don't feel like people are talking about it enough. Oh, my God. Now, Jenny, you, and I say this with love, and I'm jealous of it, you are a member of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. I am. And you could wear a dress like that. When you have large, heavy Judaic breasts, as Sarah Silverman mentioned last night, she has as well. I love that she said that, heavy Judaic breasts. Um we can't wear dresses like this and it's really sad because I I would love to be able to wear that dress where it's just like two little you know stringy things and then your little perky well it's like Valerie Cherish with her dress on backwards yes it's perfect just try it yeah <laughs> shout out to our comeback fans yes uh, the, the thing about that those dresses though are for me is they look stunning when there's length in the body yeah and you know charlie's is very tall tall but here's the things like she's one of those people who way back when i don't know what it's like now but she would get up and eat fast food in the morning in the morning she would party at night she was like she was not (sighs) yeah she was just genetically blessed you know and but she was a good real person and you couldn't hate her for it either because she was like a really nice person wasn't like 
she could eat whatever she wanted and she was a bitch. I sensibly portioned Chinese food on Friday and I'm still retaining it. All right, well, <laughs> and I've been to the back. gym three times since, still in my ass. I just spent a week in the Midwest and at a certain point I said to, to Yoko, we need to find a place I can eat where I can where I can have more than grilled cheese because that's, you know, the option in ninety nine percent of the places in Detroit. It was very sad. So I'm 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 bound up a little bit right now, but I would have Are you wearing Spanx? I'm wearing Spanx. Jenny and I were talking about how the stock in Spanx must have gone up quite a bit last night. <laughs> That's when you should buy Spanx, right? Right before the Oscars. Okay, here's Reese Witherspoon. I was not a fan of this. This, I, and I feel it's like, like an I eggplant. Was, I feel like last. It's not even the color so much. I feel like last year as well. It's it's something going on with the ruching around the boobs. The boobs just look all ruch boobs. Ruch boobs. <laughs> the bruch. The bush. Um. Yeah. I mean, We're not talking about Reese's bush. They her. That that was in wild. In this, do you think she has blonde pubes? If she's any respectable Hollywood actress, she doesn't have any, right? Again, another good reason to have some lube. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what this is what, what we, does lube have to do with pubes? Pubic hair can retain moisture and can k- help you keep lubricated. So when you don't have a lot going on down there, it's nice to have a little tube handy. Also, as you get older, vaginal dryness, as we have talked about on this show, and I the don't other have a problem with that. Well, that's good. You no, know, it's all individual. It's like it's like dry eye. <laughs> and you know, women, I also have moist eyes. Well, you know, women are more have more of a tendency to get dry eye too. Oh, that's and, interesting. And, yeah, it's like they're three times more likely, or something. I also like have a lot of snot in my nostrils. <laughs> You're a very moist person. I'm moist. You're a <laughs> There's a lot of viscosity going on here. I cry a lot. Aww. I have tears. Emotional. And I pee a lot. <laughs> I always go back to our dear friend, uh, Marsha Wallace, saying, like, Bless her heart. Bless her heart. Miss her every day. Saying, like, I've got a senile bladder. What the hell's a senile bladder? Because as I get older, I start to think, like, does my bladder not remember I just peed, like, <laughs> ten minutes ago? Because somehow I think maybe I have a senile bladder, too. Always. Panic. What is, <laughs> what is, what is, what is our sponsor, Miss Rice? Our, non, our non-sponsor sponsor? My catchphrase. Hey, it happened. Lady Gaga in her white dress pantsuit. Her vagina looks like it's smiling in this. It's a happy vagina. What, Doesn't it? It looks what like vagina her... wouldn't be happy in that. But I don't know whether it's the cut of the dress or her, but it is doing something unfortunate to her boobage at the bottom. Doesn't it? I think of, her labial area is it's all bunched up and it looks like it she's look... she looks like she's wearing clown lips. <laughs> she's clown labia lips in that. Well, it, maybe if it had like a little red patch on the crotch. <laughs> but it does look like a and like a nose. the curtain is beep, opened. Beep. Like the curtain is like coming up. Yeah. Like the proscenium and then hello vagina. I'm sucking on a charms blow pop right now, which is why I may sometimes sound like my mouth is full. <laughs> she brought me one as well. Mine is grape. Mine is watermelon. What else? Who else? 
Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Tina Fey looks beautiful. Yeah, no, so she was wearing that grape color too, but it was all, it was very streamlined. Yes, and see, there's no weird ruching around the boobs. Jenny is not a fan of the ruched boobs. It really has to be the right boobs to be ruched. (laughs) The ruched. If my boobs were ruched, I would suffocate. (laughs) Oh, there we go. I hated this dress. I disagree. I love this dress. This is Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. She was wearing like a seafoam green with little flowers all over it. But if you looked at the flowers closely, they were like really cheapy looking, like cheap rhinestone-y. I'm sure it's like Swarovski. Crystals. I'm sure it is, it's but it like, didn't. To me, it didn't look that way. To me, I thought she looked ethereal. She looked beautiful. Um, she looked like a Hollywood star. I love. But she always the, looks like a Hollywood star. That's true. It's hard to make her not look like a Hollywood yeah, star. Yeah, she is. But a beautiful that woman. the bracelet, the bling on her wrist, that looks like San, um, starfish diamonds. I mean, I thought she, I I really liked it. I liked that color on her skin. So we can agree to disagree. Yeah. You know, my thing with her is I feel like she's so classy looking that she doesn't need that, you know? But I think it's a little more feminine. I see her in a lot of sort of black and white. Mm, Yeah, Carrie Washington. We're looking at Carrie Washington right now. She's got a lot of stuff going on. It was like a black leather bustier with a white sort of organza skirt, and it was a weird combination. I don't think it worked. Maybe if it was all black, it would have worked. Or all white, or without these little, they're these weird leather straps from the bustier into the skirt that creates a pattern that doesn't do it for me. But. I don't mind the mixed fabrics. Like I don't mind leather with organza, but I think like if it's all the same color or all white. Yeah, all white would have been nice or all black. And the slit leg. Yeah. A lot of slit up the legs or slit down the the front. So for you it would be a oops, you know, a leg. Speaking of legs, we're going into Rachel McAdams wearing to me one of the other most stunning dresses of the night. Well, it's hard with the... It was a satin dress, and she the way that she was sitting there was wrinkling. And she has a lovely figure, but there's, you know, sometimes when the light reflects, that's the problem. I don't think I would ever wear satin or something like this. It can give you, like, a little poochy thing on your stomach. Well, it definitely shows the landscape of one's, like, navel. And I always think about in Pulp Fiction, and I forget the French actress's name, but the one who is with Bruce Willis, and she's like, I want a little pot. I want a little pot. And it reminds me, you know, men like a little, like a little cushion. Cushion for the pushing. There you go. But I thought this dress was really very sexy. Uh, The back was just all the way down to there. I mean, in the back and and the slit in the skirt. A lot of green. Charlotte Rampling. uh, It just... Oh, it was so bad. You know, I... I think that she was trying to be age appropriate, mm-hmm. which is lovely, but I think she could have. Di- I mean, Helen Mirren is always age appropriate, yet always stunning. It's those squares or pockets on the boobs that I think starts to mess it up, and this, the and, shoes. Oh, the shoes are like nurse shoes. She's wearing yeah, nurse shoes. Yeah, just age appropriate doesn't mean you don't have any sex appeal. I think you can have sex appeal at any age, and Charlotte Rampling fucked. Fuck sure does have a lot I of know. sex appeal. So she's wearing like they look like nurse shoes, and you know, okay, if you want to be comfortable, so wear pretty flats. You know, you don't have to wear nurse shoes. Oh, Jennifer Garner looked beautiful. 
lot of off the shoulders. Um, Chrissy Teigen. She's very pregnant, and I loved that dress. Oh, my God, I love that dress. You know, I don't think we saw anything else that had that burgundy color in, in it. I really like a burgundy, and that's really pretty. It's She's like pregnant, nude. and it's a really interesting choice that she made because it's one of those nude underlays with embroidery over it. So you see it's mostly nude with these little embroidered, flowers and with the pregnant belly and she's very pregnant there's something just so naturally beautiful you know like just celebrating womanhood to me i what did you think of brie here's brie larson that's the one i wanted to pull up i think i like the color i think it's pretty and it flows but it's not my kind of thing i think it's kind of eh. prom dressy Ugh, this one was rooney awful mara. i've heard rooney mara Ugh. is on the worst dress list for some people and then I heard somebody talking about it this morning about how beautiful and amazing it is. So you know what? I didn't it's like sad the to me. What's sad to me is that she is clearly so underweight, and then her makeup was all white, the black eyes, the red lips, the very emaciated body. Well, she's going for a role on uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> it's it's. She looks very sickly to me, and it made me sad. It's very severe. She really does look like the corpse bride. Yeah, and you know she's a beautiful woman. I just, I just, uh, I don't know. It was very sad. That, those were all the ones I really wanted to touch on, except for our favorite uh, Ronan Sharit. Uh, no. Sersha. Sersha Ronan's dress was beautiful. Are you a Sersha of that? I. <laughs> You know, you could she just change that? her name to Esther? That would be so much easier for me. Peg. Peg. <laughs> Helen. Jane. <laughs> Jane Ronan. Selma. And it's not even close to how it's spelled, but that's a whole other thing. Just for starters, I mean, what did you think of the movies this season that were even nominated? Um, like for, the big, for the big things. There was movies that I was happy with what was nominated. There were, I don't think they missed any that I really wanted to be nominated. I wasn't, there was no surprises for me in the nominations. I would have loved Trumbo. That's one that I felt was missing. I thought Trumbo was a really important film for the industry. I think it was, it touched in a really important time in history. And I thought it was really well done. So it was, you know, that was a little rough that it wasn't nominated. I, and I know this is going, we're going to talk more about this, and it, I, I don't mean to sound pandering at all, but I really think that Creed and Straight Outta Compton were just as deserving of being up for Best Picture as any of the other ones in that category. I there agree. Were, there were some in there that I thought were just as good, if not, maybe... Maybe not as good. You know what's so funny? I must be in denial because I keep thinking Straight Out of Compton was nominated because it was nominated for a SAG award, it, and it was nominated for best original screenplay. And well, for Golden Glo- it got it was nominated for Golden Globe too. Right. It just for some, you know, well, we know why exactly. It says a lot about race at the Oscars this year that the only people nominated for Straight Out of Compton were the two white people who wrote it. Well, we don't know exactly why, but we can we can definitely guess. But you know, generally. When I think about the films this season as a group, I was like, bleh. But 
when I think of each of the movies individually, I really like them. And there yeah. are things about all of them that I really like. And I'm glad I saw them. And they were playing that clip montage at the beginning. and Say that really fast. They were playing that <laughs> clip montage at the beginning. And I was just thinking, wow, yeah, I really like that. I really like that. But I was also seeing all these other movies from the year that I really enjoyed. Like Kingsman. Yeah, that was great. I love Kingsman. Such a fun, great movie. Star Wars, of course. Yeah, I, you know, Star Wars had, there was, was nominated for very few awards, just a few visual, but I think that it always was. Yeah, I mean, the visual effects, although I think it was, you know, earlier ones were nominated for Best Picture. And as J.J. Abrams, this wasn't the best Star Wars. It was great. I enjoyed it. It was, you know, better than some of the other more recent Star Wars, but, you know. But it was definitely a fun movie. It's a movie that was good. It was a movie yeah. that was I really, really liked. And there are a lot of other movies in that clip montage that I thought, oh, I still need to see that, but I haven't seen it because I've been trying to get through all the nomination movies. Mm-hmm. You know, plenty of things I would have seen before Bridge of Spies. And I'm not upset that I saw Bridge of Spies. I There were lots of things. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Bridge of Spies. I did not expect to. I expected something way softer. Not that it's a really heavy film, but, you know, Steven Spielberg makes a certain kind of film. So what did you think of Chris Rock's monologue? I thought it was great. I think it was perfect. Yeah. I thought I mean, you he... talk about it as a, I mean, as a stand-up, you know... You know Love to hear your thoughts. He had so much responsibility. They always have so much responsibility. But here he was, the black host in the year when there was all that controversy. What side does he take? He took the he took the absolutely right side, and that he addressed it. Plus, he also somewhat poked fun at the people who maybe went a little overboard on both sides. You know, he just, he equally teased everybody. And I thought that was the perfect, I'm not sure if Will and Jada will be having him over for dinner again, but they deserved it a little bit. Jada Pinkett Smith annoys me. She ruffles a lot of people the wrong way. (laughs) I'm all for strong women of any color, any creed. But yeah, I, I thought Chris did a really good job of pointing out the ridiculousness of extremes on either end of the spectrum you know that that you really have to be cautious last thing a couple of middle class white women should be talking about okay i I want to before i start talking about this i also want to say i'm i'm half chicana half white and i look jewish you're you're a jewish female we're we're two for all intents and purposes. Who looks though, a little Irish? Who looks? <laughs> who can definitely do a jig? People always think Jenny's the Jewish one. It's so funny. <laughs> My father and siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles on my father's side. I mean, they really look Hispanic. They really and they have had those experiences in the world of not just microaggressions, but macroaggressions in ways that I can never know in, in the same way, but I have witnessed it and I have felt it 
transgenerationally and just by proximity. So, you know, you can't deny these things are, are real. And we can both speak about that on gender issues as mm -hmm. well. However, you know, this was one of the things that bothered me was there was, there was some effort, but not, not as much of an effort to broaden it beyond just black African-American right. uh, diversity. Right. And it was so fo focused on black lives matter, which they do. It's very important. I'm not, but it's that all, all lives matter is what it is. <laughs> right. But then that's, but then we get into that controversy about like somebody said that on Fox too, but it's like the number one cause of death for young black males is gun violence. And it's more than the next nine causes of death for black males combined. So, you know, there is, there is definitely a systemic problem. But when you start to talk to an audience of white people and you're putting it kind of on them and there's this white guilt, because I understand this other side of it too. So like I can understand this, the minority viewpoint to a degree, but I understand the the privileged oppressor, I'm putting oppressor in quotes, right. point of view as well, then you are pointing fingers at people who are feeling guilty about it, even though it's not them who have set the system up. Yes, it is their responsibility or our responsibility, our collective responsibility to challenge and change the system. But everybody's sort of sitting there feeling guilty like they did something, but they really didn't do something specifically. You know what I mean? But yes, he got everybody. He played into that guilt, like guilt, <laughs> Jewish guilt, by getting everybody to buy Girl Scout cookies. So I thought that was fantastic. He, he, I think he did I love that Girl Scout job. cooking moment. Wasn't that awesome? That was great. I loved, I just loved his fearlessness. Like you said, he just went right for it. And that's what a comic should do, what a comedian should do. It was so funny too, when you were seeing everybody with the Girl Scout cookies. They were probably so hungry, and they everybody was probably so happy those Girl Scout cookies were floating around. Who doesn't like a nice Girl Scout cookie? I, I wish we had some one. Samoas right now, oh, right here. Peanuts. Why do we not have those? I like in the front peanut of us? butter ones. Oh my too. god, thin mints. I like thin mints. I love thin mints. Put them in the freezer. Have a little frozen. Oh, oh. they're really. Good. We need a moment. We're having a Girl Scout oh. cookie moment. Personal, personal moments. Yeah, he was. He was great. But can we speak about Stacy Dash for a moment? What the fuck was that? I don't know. Apparently, and I didn't have enough time to do research on this, but there was something that she had said. She's on... been very outspoken. And she was like, she said, black people should boycott the Oscars. They should boycott this. They should boycott that. So then they had her, everybody was very shocked when she came on. They've, I guess they've made made her the head of this committee, and that's a real thing. I get, I don't know. It's apparently it was hard because to she know. was there, but she was laughing like a crazy person. Well, I because I thought that what was so hilarious about it to her or to people who actually thought it was funny was that could you find a whiter black person? I don't think that's what what she was laughing at because she's been the most outspoken, second to Jada. It's been Stacey Dash has been the one who's been in the news. So 
and that she was she was calling for this boycott of the Oscars. So maybe she was laughing. She was like, "Well, surprise, I'm here." But what did the, I don't know what it I don't know what it was. The other thing that I was thinking about, and I haven't done a lot of post Oscar reading about this, but it was on ABC, which is basically Shondaland, mm-hmm. and you know you had Whoopi and you had Kerry Washington and and I kept thinking are they were they pressured as well to go because they are part of the ABC family and stars like you got to do this regardless of whether or not you want to represent but Shonda Rhimes would have been an interesting person because she's really Shonda Rhimes has really changed the landscape of the entertainment industry by telling casting agencies, stop sending me all white people. You know, I want, when I put out a casting call for something, I want actors of all races. I'm not casting according to race. I'm, I'm casting according to ability. And, and obviously I'm sure there's a degree of casting compatibility because, you know, you want to get, you want to get the right, combination of people and we saw that in some of the pairings of uh presenters and i have to say off the bat ryan gosling and russell crowe i want to see a movie with i want to see that they were hilarious they were hilarious and so like it was ryan gosling was so funny he plays it so straight kind of like matt damon like we're talking about matt damon also it's just like there's just so much honesty to it but they're very funny. And those, yeah, I mean, who would have known? Who would have thought? And, you know, the good thing about Ryan Gosling is he could be so funny the whole time I was licking his abs. Because, <laughs> you know. Because you're an ab licker. I, you know, <laughs> Ryan Gosling has a very nice stomach. That's all I have to say. No, I don't care about abs. Because honestly, when I get down to it, I like a little cuddlier midsection when I'm actually, you know, in the act. But, it, you know. Not gonna lie, it's very nice to look at Ryan Gosling. The nicest thing about looking at Ryan Gosling to me is not only is he that pretty, but he's really talented and funny, and and he seems like a pretty grounded, decent person. So and he's pretty, and he's pretty, but there's lots of pretty people in this town. So yeah, it's that charisma factor. Are you giving me guilt right now? Why? Because I'm being really surfacey. No, I I, de- I depend on you for that. <laughs> Thank um, you. I thought Chris Rock's comment about why is this Oscar? This is the 88th Oscar. And I want to give a shout out to my 88 peeps because that's a very important number in my life. But why is it? Anyway. It's the year I graduated. It's, our, it's oh. in my class. And it's kind of, it's just, it's one of those numbers that resonates with me. Number. But I thought it was really interesting that, you know, here it is, the 88th Oscars, and he said there's 71 other times that black people have not been nominated, and this is the year that uh, this is all coming to a head, which yeah, is not well, fully true. I mean, there's been... There have been other years. Every every season there seems to be some controversy, but this does seem bigger than others. Ladies, I want to rethink talking about this in a public forum. And he was chosen to host the Oscars be- long long before the nominations came out. You know, it's funny at the SAG Awards, um, Idris Elba just won every award. And it's like, it's you know, it went the opposite way. Like, the actors, when they were voting, acted out to try and make up for what happened with the Academy Awards. That's not right either, by the way. No, I, I love Idris Elba. He's great, but I'm just, you know, 
my feeling with an awards show is that the I mean they're ridiculous and how do you how do you decide but I I'm uh I vote for certain awards shows because union thing you know unions that I belong to and when I look at my SAG ballot I vote for the performance that resonated with me. I'm a colorblind voter. You know, I'm not going to not vote for someone because they're white. I'm not going to not vote for someone because they're black. I'm not going to not vote for someone because they're Hispanic or, or Asian or Eskimo or, you know, right. anything else. I. What about an Eskimo playing a white person? Yeah, that I wouldn't vote for. <laughs> <laughs> I know Chris Rock asked the question and answered it, but I want to ask you if you think Hollywood is racist. To quote Avenue Q, everybody is racist. So everyone's a little bit racist. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the general consensus. And so my, my, and, and this is not the time for us to get into a deep conversation about this, but I would also say like, let's have a conversation about what is it to be racist and what does it mean? And, and I mean, there's different levels of prejudice and I, I, I think like everybody's prejudice, but there's a degree to which I, I hope that we are moving away from being racist or tribal in that regard. But I think prejudice will always, I hope so too. But I think with the Oscars, like I said, I think voting should be colorblind, like casting should be colorblind. And I think that whether or not that was the case this time, um, I think that, like I said, when I vote, I vote for the performance that resonates with me. But also, what is being presented to you to vote for? Well, in the, in the first one, it's everything I saw that year. Right. Well, so I vote for what resonates with me. Well, we're looking like the bit that Chris Rock did, and and it was similar to the one that he did in two thousand five when he he went to the Magic Johnson Theater and interviewed pe- people. You're still talking about this. I don't think that bit did any good for the cause. Well, I think what it did was it really showed the discrepancy in in viewership. And so what are you, what are you watching? Who's, who's watching what, you know, I, is Brooklyn up for an award at the BET awards? Now I know that this is not, again, it's not the white people's choice awards, isn't the Oscars, but that there are certain kinds of movies made for certain kinds of audiences. And so this is, this is my, it's a small world idealistic kind of idea and I thought he was going to sort of touch on this at one point with the joke he was about to make, but he went a little bit of a different direction. But here is my, here is my feeling. I feel like the Oscars, hold on to your hats, needs to expand, not in terms of times, but in terms of categories. Like I think they should have best action movie, best comedy, best drama, Best, you know, you could like, have something else like best musical or like the or Golden other. Globes, but a little more. And then for the best picture category, should be like a best in show where it's like where you have ones of all those different genres because there are great films that are comedies, and yes, sometimes they make it into the into the pool and are considered 
for Best Picture and all these things, but there's some great action movies. There's some great, you know, it's how do you qualify? It's apples and oranges, and it's different. So I think it's a great idea, Jenny. I think that you should, you should talk to Mr. Academy. <laughs> that I should talk Dear to Cheryl, Cheryl Boone Isaac. She's a little busy right now. Right, but, you know, and so by expanding it like that, then you're kind of, allowing the opportunity to have more kinds of movies in. Great. We have Best Animated, we have Best Documentary, and there's diversity in all of those. I, I enjoy the Golden Globes more than the Oscars now. I definitely do. For, you know, maybe also because the audience members are drinking. That might be part of it. But, no, I just, I enjoy it more. I enjoy that more people get an opportunity. So I think it's a great idea. I don't know all the specifics of the changes that are proposed in terms of pruning the membership and who's you know trying to prune out the old the old guard the old white men Mm -hmm. i think that it's awesome to consider instead of thinking about cutting those people off but expanding it to adding in more women and minority members and having more avenues or like chris rock said more opportunities for them to become members that go beyond being nominated or or other ways of qualifying, other ways that you can expand your membership base. And ultimately, that would be better for them as well. Yeah. And then he also made a comment about, you know, it's it's easier for, for a black man to become president of the United States than a head of a studio. Seriously. Well, there's only one United States. And I don't know. Did he say that or did Kevin Hart? No, he's uh, Chris Rock said it. I I believe, but but the thing about that is like, well, Tyler Perry is the head of a studio that he started. You know, uh-huh. it's like the the studios that white men or women run were founded by white men, and so I'm not saying that they shouldn't. Therefore, they should always be, but we shouldn't be all surprised or angry or whatever. It's not like. There's not opportunity now. It has not always been fair, but now there's more opportunities and we can challenge that. And like, why do you want, like, let's not worry about running Paramount. Let's fucking make our own studio and make our own great movies. And, you know, Shonda Rhimes has her own production company, but Shonda Rhimes could start her own movie studio. Anyways. Get out now. I'm just babbling now. So Yeah. And you know what? I don't want to talk about it anymore because I I um honestly when I was watching the Oscars, one of the things that I was happy about and I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful to you because what you were saying was so great and interesting, Jenny, by the way. I, I was <laughs> no, it really was. So for me to even say this, but I it's this is just a good time for me. I was happy that he got that up and out and over with, and then they got on with the show. Because yes. if the whole show had been about that, I would have been like, oh, okay, you know? But I did kind of feel a little bit like they did keep coming back to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, everything had that. And, again, I think it's very brave. I think it's important. I don't think it should have been another way. But it's like you start to let's get, get on with the show. Like, yeah, let's get on with yeah, the show. Um, let's look at the, you know. So we'll, we'll get on with the show, too. <laughs> Um, After I ask you, do you actually think that Jamie Foxx is one of the best actors in the world? No, I do not. <laughs> I do think he's pretty good. But... I do too, but I, you know, there's a lot of good actors. Denzel. 
Idris is, Elba. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's him. Uh, Courtney Vance. I love Courtney Vance. If we're talking about yeah. African American, are you watching the OJ? Oh yeah. Miniseries. Yeah. Oh god. It's I'm fantastic. loving that so much. Um, so I just wanna say I think I'm no um no offense to all of our wonderful technical people because uh one of my favorite people is an editor, by the way. Oh, You're married to him? Some of the some of the awards I think I just want to lump together here. Technical awards. And you know, other stuff. Fucking you know, Mad Max, man. They... That's what I want to talk about. I was really happy. I just to personalize Linda Eastman. Favorite it was his favorite movie of the year. He wanted George Miller to win so bad. And he was a little bummed at the beginning of the Oscar ceremony because he was like I don't want to watch because I want Mad Max. You know, I, I think it should win so many awards and it's just not going to. And my Academy Awards uh, viewing was made so much happier by the fact that like every Mad Max just kept winning and he was so happy. It was really cute. I just, I'm just personalizing. I it was, was so adorable. I would like to see Mad Max win Best Picture. It was an incredibly kinetic movie and George Miller deserves to have a Best Picture under his belt. Mad Max was a lot different from most action movies because it was actually interesting with an actual plotline and the characters were actually worth rooting for. Actually? Yeah. <laughs> I really liked Mad Max because of the pure adrenaline action-packed uh, sequences that are a satisfying uh, watch. I was not surprised and very happily not surprised because they had stiff competition, but yeah, yeah, but that, but Mad Max Fury Road was an excellent film and put together in in the ways it was, and that is coming from someone. I don't know if we've talked about this much. You don't on the like show. dirty films. <laughs> I know Cinema Sex said I don't like dirty films. No, I, I, I don't like. I know it's, <laughs> I don't like dusty films. I don't like films where everybody looks like they need to take a bath. Personal, personal moments. <laughs> It's sort of a general jokey statement, but it's kind of, I mean, it's based in truth. But I really, I loved Mad Max. I thought it was incredibly watchable and engaging. Definitely a cautionary tale. And I was not surprised. I thought the sound guys winning when they said that George Miller said that Mad Max is a movie that, uh, what was it, that you, that you see through sound. Um, oh, or you really see, nice. yeah, and I remember at the time being struck by the sound design of that movie. I love that Mad Max won all the technical awards, and the fact that it was just up for Best Picture just makes me so happy. You know what I wanted to ask while we're doing this because I want to talk about the woman who won for costume design for Mad Max and her what she said in her speech at the very end. Oh, you know, I was just thinking. And then she went off into a sort of a whole saving the planet, you know. But they all started to put like, oh no, she's going to say something serious. And they started playing the music. But how do you feel about, just as on a general note, political statements and speeches? I don't have a problem with it. But this is actually, let me ask, before I answer that question for you, 
answer this question yes. for me. She's pointing a finger at I'm me. Pointing the, I'm <laughs> pointing a finger and a lollipop. I'm it's going to be a lollipop. serious question. What did you think about the scroll feature? I loved it. Did you? You did not. <laughs> I I didn't not. There were, I, I, Jenny is talking about if, if you didn't watch the Oscars, what was Kai Kai thought really cool was that when the people won underneath, it said all the people they wanted to thank. Right. So there was apparently they were all the nominees were given an opportunity to submit a list of thank you names that they would put on a scroll if they won. And I thought, I think the concept was great. I love it that they played it while people were getting out of their seats and walking up. So you're not just walking, watching somebody kiss their spouse, hug the director. Although I love that part of it. I love some of that too. And I felt like we missed a little bit of that. Uh I found myself just looking at the bottom of the screen and being a little bit distracted by it. And, and then some of them didn't have it. And then some of them got up to talk and just repeated names. But I do love the idea that then if you've got that down there, you've got the opportunity when you get up there to actually say something that's meaningful to you or to make a political statement right. if that's important to you. And and if you do have an audience and you do have that kind of power, you know, it's nice if you want to use it for good or to affect change in some way. That's that's how I feel. It's like, so I, but I find myself so often going, Ugh. I like when people will talk about how like personal challenges they've had and and they inspire people who may be out there you know sitting and going oh I could never do that and you know when you learn that someone who's up there face challenges that maybe you're going through so I love those kind of speeches they choke me up you know there's often times when I was younger where I would sit and well I'm not gonna lie still last night I was writing an acceptance speech I changed which <laughs> awards I want to win I told Linda last night I I used to want to win for best actress now I want to win for best screenwriter time and I want to win for best director but right now I'm in a writing phase so I'd like to win for best screenplay but I I like inspirational speeches I don't love preachy speeches I don't like the ones where you know you all are ruining the planet you know. It's just not the time. I just don't think it's the time for that. I mean, I think everybody, that's my feeling. Yes, I think everybody's allowed to say what they want to say. If that's your time, man, and you worked hard for that Oscar, you can say whatever you want. But I feel like as a personal audience member, I respond better to inspirational as opposed to preachy. Now, I'm wondering, and I don't have an answer. I mean, I'm genuinely wondering whether it's, the, the same message delivered by different people in different ways matters too, you know, cause some people are just, you, you feel the sincerity of it. You know that they themselves are out there. Like as far as I'm concerned, regardless of what anybody thinks of him and he's a very controversial figure, he was not around, but Sean Penn to me, I like, love Sean Penn. he, he walks the walk, man. He does, he, everything he says he he does right you know and that's one of the things about leo leonardo i'm saying leo like i know leonardo dicaprio <laughs> jenny was just hanging out with leo last yeah night. you know just chilling um when he when we were talking earlier about his experience last night i mean he really is somebody who 
yes, I mean, the big joke is he's with the different Victoria's Secret model all the time, and why not? He's fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, and I don't blame him for... Well, technically, he's not fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> the models are fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Who knows? I mean, if you were Leonardo DiCaprio, wouldn't would you, you maybe... Fuck, go fuck uh, yourself? I, I, would, I would sit in front of a mirror and maybe, you know, go to town on my own. <laughs> He's we, getting a very... I think he's looking a little blousy. Oh, I, I, don't I don't think he looks like a man to me. Um, he's like grown into a he, man. I think he looks like he's hit the bottle a little too much. But I like the fact that he's not someone you hear a lot about. But I do know he does good work. He donates a lot. He's, you know, he... There are causes like conservation and, you know, right. ecological issues that he stands behind. And so... I have a lot of respect for that. And I, especially people who are in the position where they could be these big pop superstars, like after Titanic, they, he and Kate Winslet, I mean, they were celebrities, right? And to use that to sort of demonstrate something positive, I think is, I respect that. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't like being preached at award shows. Mm -hmm. I like being inspired. Again, I think it's, Depends yeah. on how the message is being. It's delivered. like it's like I we, I was watching a speech. I was you know, and we'll get to that. But I was happy that he won. I think it was time. I just wanted I just wanted to see more of that. You know, I just wanted to see more of him like being just really happy. I think Leonardo. He, yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt like he was getting picked on. You know, it was like Leonardo, you got thirty million for that. You know, Leo, you get a good role every yeah. year. And while that might be true, but it's not exactly Leonardo DiCaprio's fault. I know. And one thing about Leonardo DiCaprio, too, is as far as I know, he's not out there also trying to be a writer, also trying to be a producer, director. You know what I mean? I, I'm not saying that he hasn't done any of that, but so many people try to be slash this, slash that, slash this. He has been a working actor since he was a kid. Yeah. You know, his first Oscar nomination at 19, he's had six Oscar nominations, and this is the first time he's, no, he's like, I was 40. Thrilled. Yeah, but it's like, I really felt like he was getting targeted, and there were a couple times where he looked like, why am I taking this? Like, why right. am I the target? Like, why is he being held up as the example? He's just doing his work. It's not right. his fault that he's getting called, like, it's a fault like you're doing something wrong because you're starring in the revenant based on a true story about a white guy you know so they should have cast somebody of color i mean there's a message and i haven't seen the film let me just say that too because again the dirty dusty thing um and and yoko and many others have said it'll just disturb me although i will watch it you know, there's elements of the story where he's got a mixed race son and where there's issues of, of race being brought up in The Revenant. So, you know, you have to be kind of thoughtful. So he's just, he's not Matt Damon. You know, he's not somebody right. who's like willing to go out there and like really make fun of himself. Right. I think he takes himself a little seriously. Um, so I know a lot of people are really happy for Leonardo DiCaprio, but I'm personally very disappointed because some of my favorite memes on the internet are him not getting his Oscar, and now those are just, they're all gone because he has one now. Leonardo DiCaprio deserves to win an Oscar because he worked really hard on The Revenant. Yeah, he, he, he suffered from hypothermia, 
And he had to get inside a, what was it? A horse. A horse. Yeah, and he got food poisoning, so he could have died. This year, as I do every year, I go to see the Oscar-nominated shorts. Best short something or another. Tell me your thoughts. And I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite things because it makes me feel... When I'm watching the Oscar ceremony, that I'm much more, I know, you know, a little more, know what's going on a little more. And this year, for the first time, I only really liked one of them because they were all so dark. But um, the one that I liked and that I went with five people and we all enjoyed actually uh, was this one called Stutterer. It was just charming and we loved it so much and we all said that one will never win and it did so that was very exciting it was a very very sweet film um all the rest of them were very depressing and then i didn't see the short documentaries but i did also see all of the documentaries this year Amy is very moving, but if Joshua Oppenheimer, who directed The Look of Silence, has once again passed over for a documentary about a musician, it'll be a shame. I saw four of the five documentaries. I was also thrilled uh, with the winner of that one. Best documentary. Amy was, well, I saw Amy and What Happened Miss Simone. Yeah. And Amy, I'm a huge Amy Winehouse fan, anybody who knows me, and as much as I'm a fan of anybody and I was very affected by what happened to her just generally or what she let happen to herself, her story. But I've always been sort of attracted to those tragic figures. But I thought that the way the documentary put it together and showed it was just wonderful. It also won the Eddie, the ACE award for editing, which is such a big part of documentary filmmaking too. Oh, it's, the biggest part really yeah i was really happy to see them win for that even though i i admittedly i only saw those i two. did like the nana simone uh, documentary though that one was also oof, yeah. so powerful i highly recommend watching that this is the strongest the foreign language category has been in years and while son of saul wasn't my favorite of the bunch i don't begrudge it it's inevitable victory best foreign film foreign films uh, I saw also four of the five and Son of Saul that won. The second we saw it, we went, okay, well, there is no, absolutely no chance that that is not going to win. Have what you seen it? What is the basic story of Son oh, of Saul? Oh, it's so beautiful, Jenny. It's the most beautiful film. It takes place during the Holocaust. It's hard to watch. Ooh, it's hard to watch. Um, Saul is, his job is he cleans up helps the people be rounded up to go into the showers, the gas chambers, and then he cleans up the human remains afterwards. And with that job, they spare their lives. And then they don't, but they get to live a little longer. But he has to hear, you hear the people in the very beginning of that movie go in. You hear them screaming for their lives. Anyway, when he went in to clean out the gas chambers, there was a child that was not all the way dead. And he realized it was his son. Mm. And he wanted to bury him. They they killed him anyway. Mm. When he found out he wasn't... Ugh, it was horrible. But he, the whole movie was about him getting a hold of the body so he could bury it. Give it a proper burial. And bury his son. Well, that was the whole premise for the movie. And the actor, 
uh, it's so beautiful the, the place is all and I um, Kwanda here is one of his first things he'd ever done but he was it was amazing uh, so I was really happy that it won I was not surprised but I was extremely happy we are all programmed for survival and it sounds that that's what's resonating with me as you're telling me that description. I know I'm not alone in thinking that Son of Saul was the kind of movie that we all walked out of the theater humming the theme song for. Best animated. Animated feature. That was interesting because Anomalisa, which was one of my favorite films of the year. I and love Charlie Kaufman. Oh, have you seen it? No. Truly one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, it should have been nominated, I think, for Best Picture. It was really a crime that it wasn't. Uh, and because, you know, really, in the animated feature category, when there is a Pixar movie in there, you just know, you know, they just always win. And I Inside Out was a good movie. And Anomalisa was so much better. And it just didn't have a chance because, you know, Inside Out was up. That's how I felt. If there were any justice in the world, Anomalisa would have been nominated for Best Picture. It wasn't, and it's not going to win Best Animated either. I really, really, really want to see Anomalisa. Or, oh, so especially because I love Charlie Kaufman, anything he does. However, I was thrilled to see Inside Out. It's definitely more of a movie for kids. I even didn't think though, it was, actually. Even when though I, I think saw it's it, for adults. Yeah. I, I thought, I didn't think, I thought it was a very adult film. Really? Why? I thought there was a lot of concepts that they touched upon that kids of a certain age, kids in some of my younger classes who talked to me about the movie, either didn't get or weren't ready to hear. That's really interesting because some friends of ours, Kyle... Screenwriter Kyle and his wife Ginny have a, I think he's three now, Finn is three, and they said they'd never been to a movie with him before where he was able to sit and hold attention the whole time and he yeah. was riveted and afterwards he was really quiet and they went to lunch and said something to the extent of, that movie is exactly how I feel inside. Wow, that's interesting. And for a, for a young kid. Yeah, I didn't have the same experience with you know, any of my other kids. But from what you're saying, I also, one of the things I appreciated about it was like really good animated movies. It's also, there's also plenty in there for the adults who are taking the kids if the kids more. don't get them. I thought it was more for the adults. And I liked it. I liked it. I did not dislike the film. I just liked Anomalisa better. I also recommend that movie to clients all the time, uh, or I have, because it, uh, it encapsulates part of the approach that I use which is narrative therapy and sort of the externalizing of problems and also looking at emotions in an objective mm -hmm. way so I really I really appreciated that I was happy to see it win but yeah I wait, also wait, would have been when you see Anomalisa you'll, you'll see what I mean I, I'm sure I, um, I love I, him but I also enjoyed Sean the Sheep so there you go <laughs> it made me laugh Sean the Sheep sucked ass I saw it on a plane. Worst movie ever. So let's go. Let's move into the biggies now. Let's start with the writers. Original screenplay. I love how they, the order, that they changed up the order a little bit and they did the writers first and how they said that, you know, it's nothing without a great screenplay. And a lot of times 
in the past, the writers have sort of like, woof, let's get through the writers so we can get through the big things. I thought the writers got more of their due in this award show, and I it liked that. It begins with the writers. You yes. don't have anything without the writers. So I loved how they did that. Um, what did you think about Spotlight winning for original screenplay? So Spotlight was the one movie that I didn't see. I watched Spotlight this morning at 7.30 this morning. I went home, and because I wasn't at home because I was being naughty, and um, I watched Spotlight this morning, and absolutely, yes, I thought it was, oh my God, I, when I was done, when it was done, I just went, that is a movie, that is a movie, you know, I love the screenplay, I love the performances, I love the story, I thought it was fantastic. Adapted screenplay. Now, saying that, yes. best adapted. Uh-oh. She's pointing the finger at me again. I'm pointing it out a little bit to, in the direction of you, but a little bit more to the left. Stage left, not house left. <laughs> not my, okay, my left or stage left? I'm terrible with left and right because of that. Um, <laughs> am I on Jenny stage or are you on stage? Am I on stage or you on stage? Okay, no, if I'm the audience, then it's um, then it's stage left. Oh, okay. All of life is a stage and we are but actors. For Best Adapted. I was so happy to see Adam McKay win. Oh my God, I was dancing around and screaming and happy and all of that. Yes. I watched all of the big short looking for Brad Pitt and didn't realize that guy was Brad Pitt the whole time. I loved The Big Short. Yeah. I saw Spotlight before I saw The Big Short. And I had such high expectations for Spotlight. I wanted to love it so much. I wanted to love the performances so much. Fucking John Slattery. So excited to see him. Well, of course. On the big screen. One of the nicest people that Yoko knew in the Mad Men universe and who was always kind and gracious. So happy. I was disappointed. I I didn't dislike it. I thought it was a good movie. I love Mark Ruffalo. I've I've loved him since 13 going on 30 or whatever that movie is with Jennifer Garner. It sure is. I love that movie. I love that movie. Uh, But... At the beginning, I was like, God, Mark Ruffalo, he's so great. And then halfway through, I'm like, God, it's just too much. It's just too caricature-y. It felt too forced. And I feel like it's sacrilege saying this. But I feel like I can say it because I think he's so good in so many other things. And then we saw The Big Short. Yeah. And Christian Bale blew me away because Christian Bale that was the performance I wanted from Mark Ruffalo I mean it was transformative it was completely different and yet subtle it didn't feel like it didn't feel forced and wooden and uh and or big even though there are places in which it could gone that way that was just for me you know and yeah um Christian Bale is something else you know i know i love, I love him. him i love him too and let's talk about the song and the performances of the okay. song. best song i loved lady gaga's performance i did and i think you had different feelings about it i love lady gaga, gaga. she's she is show people 
Yeah. She has that show. Yeah. She's, she, I liked her to begin with when I saw her host the first time on Saturday Night Live. I loved her even more because you could just see how multi-talented and all the levels of skills. Uh, what about had. this year at the Super Bowl, man? A super, the, she was awesome. The going into doing jazz stuff. But yet again, Amy Winehouse. She, Amy Winehouse, Nina Simone, that's the real deal. Yes. Lady Gaga has created a persona, a caricature awesome. and of herself. And I respect her and everything she stands for, everything she uses her power for. I enjoy her music probably more than a woman my age should. But there is just something about her that's so show people. Like a bond. I think that's why I love her. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's, there's just something that's missing for me that I can't connect with her. Like, where is... I know there's pain there. Well, she does have that Madonna when she talks, that fake, what is that accent voice? But the thing about Madonna is Madonna, there was an authenticity to Madonna because Madonna struggled. Madonna lost her mother very young. Madonna didn't grow up in like with money in New York and the Upper East Side going to a fancy school. And I'm not saying that that means that Gaga doesn't deserve everything that she has. Why are you giving it your own pronunciation? It's a, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's habitual. It's I, I think it's Jimmy Fallon who the, I heard him say it like Gaga. That. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Um, <laughs> but um, so it's habitual with me. But so I don't I don't. Th- there's a pretense to it that yes, Madonna has plenty of that, but especially at the beginning of her career and and. Maybe it's also my age or whatever, and and I see. Just... I just love a person who puts on a good show. I just, um, yeah, I, I just. Like I that. love her. I'm not saying yeah. I don't love her. I'm just saying that there's a level of pretense that I just like. But okay, you know who I actually thought was too pretentious and who annoyed me and annoyed me with his acceptance speech was Sam Smith. His voice doesn't appeal to me. Oh, it's just, not I'm at not, all. He, I'm not his audience. No, I just doesn't appeal to me at all. Um. Listen, I am the biggest proponent of gay rights. I am the biggest supporter of the LGBT community. But he won the award for best song. And it was just for a James Bond movie. And it was just a long stretch that this... I'm sure he is not the first openly gay person who's won an Oscar. Maybe he is. But I don't think he is. I'm pretty sure he's not. He's not. But to make it, it was just, I was like, wow, that's a long stretch of road that you've walked to that point in that acceptance speech, you know? I No, I'm with you. I, yeah, I, I, I it see just seems like a little much. Be, I, I see how it could be incredibly meaningful to a lot of people. Sure. You know, I was just sort of like, okay. It wasn't you know. with anything that made a statement about right. the LGBT community. Yeah, it's just or, like, oh, and you know, by the way, it wasn't for I'm, the Danish girl. Right. Or, you know what I mean? It wasn't, there was none of that. So it was like, well, it was, you know, a James Bond song. <laughs> it was. Although I will say one of the things that I, I appreciated about that, which was not, as far as I know, attached to the intent at all, yeah. was that it, it broadened 
in my mind, the scope of the conversation that was the subtext of the entire ceremony about diversity and that it's like everything's been focused on color, everything's been focused on color and, you know, ethnicity or whatever. And then it's like, wait a minute, there are other kinds of, and, and that there was, they, they did try to touch on gender equality too, but that wasn't quite as big of a deal. You know, so, what was really funny was when Alicia Vikander won, she didn't touch upon it at all in her speech. <laughs> like the one person who, it, that would have been the appropriate speech. Well, she just looked like a kid then. Oh, like, to she me, was she adorable, was so but, but it was so funny because. That's what when she got off, actually, Linda was like, and the LGBT community, you know, no, like that was the one, yeah, the one speech where that would have been the time where I I would have gone, yeah, didn't mention it at all. I don't think she mentioned Lily Elba. I don't even think she said like, you know, but you know, she's a kid and that's okay. Um, and nobody called her on it afterwards, too, which no, is great, too. I'm glad, whatever. She doesn't have to. She don't have to. That's she the thing. She was fucking amazing, Yeah, too. I'm so glad she won. Going back to the song, though, can we talk about the weekend's hairdo? It's 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 the it's the <laughs> it's the it's Wilma the, Flintstone. It's the drullet is what I call it. It's the dread mullet. It's like this and that. Like, I think it looks like Wilma Flintstone. Wilma Flintstone. Well, like I'm not quite hair. sure what it why it's what it means. Yeah. Do I sound like my mother? With the hair. I don't... He needs a nice... To brush his hair very nicely. As long as you don't say brush it, it down nicely. smells like marijuana. I don't think we're going to have any controversy. <laughs> no, like, I, I hope it does. But um, no, 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 no. It's just... It's just a fantastic haircut. I, I, I hope Saturday he doesn't change it. Yeah. And it it amuses like, me. What is with the drollet? It is... It's, just a, like, it's very funny. And he's a he's a good looking guy, and I'm thinking that look is not doing anything for you, but okay, whatever. Best score was very happy. Best score that Ennio Morricone won. He that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Probably the last time, you know, he's it's a body. That was a body of work win. The only thing the Hateful Eight won, and I know, and I wanted Jennifer Jason Leigh to win so bad. She was so good. And I will say that score was a character in that movie. It definitely oh, was. Loved that movie. I loved that movie too. And recently, uh, Yoko and I had a conversation with some people who really didn't like it because really? of, I want to say, the claustrophobic nature of it or the fact that it wasn't very big in scope, that they felt like nothing happened. But to me, I loved it because I felt like it, it felt very play like. Felt very like a stage play in some ways, very limited locations, a lot of people in a room. But it also was classic Tarantino to me. It kind of went back to Reservoir Dog period. It's really about the characters and getting all these people in a room. It was an homage, as Quentin Tarantino's films are. If people don't get that, I just... He is, he loves movies and and his movies are an homage and absolutely and they're a love story to his genres you know yes. and and We've and it was and film. if you were, we're filmy people so we loved it you know that's that and I was yeah I agree with you that the score was a character and his his speech uh, just everything I was so emotional so thanks his late wife oh. I mean that just yes you know that that she hadn't lived long enough for him i mean he'd gotten the honorary oscar but that he'd never won one himself for straight off i loved hearing that does kate winslet really need another fucking oscar i thought alicia vikander was excellent 
her performance was absolutely Academy Award worthy. This is the second year in a row that Eddie Redmayne has been the lead in a movie in which he was out-acted, as far as I'm concerned, except this time he just didn't win an Oscar for it. I think you could make a case for Gen Jennifer Jason Leigh's performance being the best of any last year in any category, and the fact that she's surely not going to win makes me angrier than almost anything else in the Academy Awards this year. Best Supporting Actress. Supporting Actress, again, let's go back. So Alicia Vikander. I, yeah, okay. So I there was a couple categories in which in oh. our our Oscar watching household we were like we will be angry if certain people win in those categories. I will point out when we get to them. In supporting actress, there was going to be anger at either Kate Winslet because in Steve Jobs, I think she was nominated because she was Kate Winslet. I love Kate Winslet. She lost her accent several times. I just didn't I thought there were so many better performances this year. Really? So many other people that could have been nominated. I was shocked when she was nominated. If she won, I would have screamed. And well, I'm I also glad that she didn't then. Um, I also we we Rooney Mara hated the performance. It was so bland and boring. And Carol wanted Jennifer Jason Lee. That's who we wanted. I mean, she was. I thought that I really think she should have won. I thought Alicia Vikander was great. I'm not unhappy that she won. That was a beautiful performance. But Jennifer Jason Lee's performance, for so many reasons, I thought, oh, I really wanted her to win. Yeah, I thought Alicia Vikander definitely deserved to win. Yeah. I thought she was... And I loved her dress. Uh, yeah, and she looked great. And she was there with her mom and dad. It was Everything was adorable about it. She's dating Michael Fassbender. Is she? Yes. <gasps> yeah, they are, like, officially, like, oh, publicly. He has a big weenie. <laughs> he has a very large wiener. Back to cinema sex ed. <laughs> you are... Continuing to listen to Cinema Sex Ed. Cinema Sex Ed. It's global, goddammit! But Michael Fassbender's penis is large. Apparently, I don't know. It's a trouser snake, Jenny. Actually... It's a Polska kielbasa. It's interesting that you said that about... It's a vaginal intruder. Well, she's Swedish. <laughs> Can they take bigger penises in I Sweden? I don't know. I just... I thought there might be a joke there. I don't know. <laughs> what what will the Swedes eat? Swedish fish? Best penis. His penis is made out of gummy fish. I would like that. They're not really gummy. They're softer. Well, you know, recently Trader Joe's has started putting out the Scandinavian swimmers. I saw those! <laughs> they look a little like semen. Like, what is going on with Trader Joe? <laughs> they have their own We've Swedish We've got the Cocoa Batons. And the Scandinavian swimmers. <laughs> it's, um, like the, it's like the the craft service for cinema sex ed. But I do want to say, I I had a different experience with Kate Winslet. I thought her performance was great in its subtlety. I loved the accent because it was so subtle. It wasn't really heavy. But she, no, so I thought, see, I felt like it was strong sometimes and it was not there at all sometimes. But that is, I think. The real person's accent is like that because she like sometimes I talk like this and sometimes I talk like this. <laughs> well, I think that when people, it, when people are in different states of agitation or emotion, that you, they their voice takes on different tones. That's but right, Governor. <laughs> so we can agree to disagree. I I Dude. I have that, but 
Michael I'm Fassbender's penis. And, and I like Rachel McAdams a lot, but I, you know, what did I think she was like better than anybody else in that category? No, no. I thought it was a very solid but bland performance. Best supporting actor. Now, supporting actor was a shocker. A that shocker. is a big upset. Sylvester Stallone is the sentimental favorite for Creed, and I'm entirely okay with that. I was sure Sylvester Stallone was going to win. Everybody was. Vegas was. And his wife, Flavin. <laughs> Sorry. His wife's name is Jennifer Flavin. Every time I see her. Who, Sylvester Stallone? Yeah, I want to go Flavin. I passed them at my physical therapist, or actually I was in the elevator with them, and there were some other people. They were like, hey, Rocky. I mean, he could barely walk from the physical, uh, from our, we have the same orthopedist, to the elevator, and he's about as tall as I am, only he's got bigger boobs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Who doesn't? And she was with him. I I didn't know who she was, just figured she was with him. I came home, and I was telling Tom. Tom and I was saying I I don't know whether it was his wife or his daughter you know it was one of those things and she's very beautiful she is beautiful and I and was like oh well, I guess beautiful it was daughters yeah but he's been he, everything I've seen him at since he's been moving but I just I just also wanted to point out that the odds were big for Sylvester Stallone in Vegas they were one to two odds although. In Vegas, they said, look out for possible upsets here by Bridge of Spies, Mark Rylance, 5-2. Oh. Mark Rylance was absolutely deserving of his Academy Award. We thought he was great, so subtle, but so powerful. I'm really happy he won. Yeah, it was, people were saying that Stallone is an Oscar inevitability. Oh, I feel, I mean, that was his, probably the last chance for him. I hate to say that, but, you know. I mean, he'll be working again, but I don't know if he'll do another Oscar. You never know. Did he? He didn't win anything for Rocky. Yes, he did. So he. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's already won, won Oscar. Oscars. Yeah, he, so yeah. A big slight is Michael B. Jordan in oh, Creed. Oh, that was ridiculous. Michael B. Jordan was so fucking that good. That was shocking. Like that he wasn't nominated. If I look at the cast of Straight Out of Compton, and I really enjoyed Straight Out of Compton, yeah, you can't I really, really pick really, really one did. person. Yeah, I'm like, who stands out as like that's a right. performance there were a couple of really great performances yeah but there's not like one lead in that either which is but it was because it was such an ensemble piece and it was so well done yeah it was and really written well in done. that well no i loved too. that movie i thought straight out of compton big short and spotlight all three of them did something very well that writing wise is such a difficult task and that is to keep multiple characters and storylines going inner you know intertwining i do understand some of that also happens in the editing room but that you really didn't feel like you ever lost somebody or what was going on like yeah we haven't heard from so and so in a very long time or what happened to so you know i thought they really all three of those scripts did great jobs yeah i agree with you so what's next um okay Let's do lead actor. Michael B. Jordan was excellent. I thought it was a crime that he didn't get a nomination for his performance. I certainly thought he was better than Eddie Redmayne was in The Danish Girl. Although Eddie Redmayne probably deserves to win for his groundbreaking work touching his shoulder with his chin in The Danish Girl, I have a sentimental attachment to Brian Cranston in Trumbo. I thought his work in that movie was humanistic, big-hearted, and historically appealing. 
So I am excited for Leonardo that he finally got his Oscar, but I was really rooting for Brian Cranston in Trumbo. Uh, I felt like his performance was really nuanced and it was really big, but without being overly so that it didn't work on screen. And it's also, you just learned so much from him. And Leo, man, I love Leo. I didn't used to when I was younger, but man, it's hard to not like that man. He tries so hard. He legitimately loves what he does, and it's hard to not get endeared by that. And while I don't think The Revenant was his best performance, not even close, if we're being honest, uh, I, if we're also being honest, I think he should have won for Wolf of Wall Street. I legitimately do. And if not Wolf of Wall Street, Django Unchained. Both of those performances and both of those movies were so good. Best Actor I wanted Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston was great. Um, I knew Leonardo DiCaprio was win. I'm not upset that Leonardo DiCaprio won um, for many reasons. You know, uh, I I would have been happy. I would have been happy with any of those, actually. Um, except Eddie Redmayne, as much as I love him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I think he deserved the nomination. I think it was the kind of part you get nominated for, you know, but um, I actually, in, in lead actor, I think that I would have been happy with any of them. I didn't have a, like, a, uh in that. I did have some in lead actress. In lead actress, unless there's anything else you wanted to say about lead actor. No, again, I haven't seen The Revenant, but I definitely knew Leonardo DiCaprio was pretty much a shoe-in. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne, again, I felt like I would have been really upset had he won. Not because I don't love a, love me some Eddie Redmayne There were just penis. people that deserved it more. Right. Even Matt Damon, like I said, he's so watchable. He really made that movie. He really did. I mean, you know, people are talking about Leonardo DiCaprio. He was the whole movie, a tour de force and all that. But when you think about The Margin, you think about what, what Matt Damon did in The Margin, it was a similar thing. Yeah. And there was humor in it and serious times and everything else. In some ways, to me, it was a more nuanced performance. And the thing about, again, I can't make a direct comparison because I haven't seen The Revenant, but the thing about Matt Damon's performance, just to give him some shout out, is that there were lots of opportunities that the writer-director did not take to flesh out that character. There were lots of things that they could have done that could have served the story more and as an audience helped you connect with him more. But Matt Damon is so familiar and likable and and good and strong in that way that it didn't matter mm -hmm. that he what Matt Damon brought to it that's from Matt Damon it's not from what's on the page it's not from what the director right. was doing the director was looking at the scope of this amazing masterpiece of of filmmaking you know in terms of technically and all that kind of stuff he really was he was really on his own I'm annoyed that Jennifer Lawrence was even nominated in so I'm really disappointed that Jennifer Lawrence did not win for Joy because she had to cut her hair from, you know, being a long to being, you know, like a perfect medium short length cut just magically, even though she did it herself. But I thought that was a big sacrifice for her to make. Saoirse Ronan has established herself as one of the most watchable actresses of her generation. And I think she's just going to keep getting better. Best actress. 
lead actress, uh, there was a couple I would have screamed like, oh, no, no, no. If Jennifer Lawrence had won, uh, I'm so, but, you know, not her fault. She just shouldn't have been nominated for Joy. It wasn't a good movie. There were other actresses that were slighted. I I'm so with Why you. Hollywood is having such a love affair with her. It's, uh, she's fine. There's nothing against her, but I would have been quite angry at that. I would have... Um, I love Kate Blanchett. I just didn't like Carol. I just thought that there was no chemistry there. I thought that it was just boring. And, yeah. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. And I didn't see... She was amazing in Blue years. Jasmine. That was great. Yeah, I didn't see 45 years. I loved... Sosha, <laughs> Helen Ronan, and um, I knew sort your underwear, Ronan. I w- <laughs> yeast infection, Rona. Uh, so you think you can act, Ronan? <laughs> she can. No, though. she can. She's, she's fucking great. phenomenal. I loved her. I'm just. I'm. Yeah, no, she's fantastic. No, but I, I wanted Brie Larson to win. I, I say you, say me, Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> say you. Yeah, I know. It's the way it's spelled. <laughs> Cellophane. <laughs> but pants. I have a feeling that she's going to have a long career uh, ahead of she's, her. She's just wonderful. I love her. The guy who played opposite her. Who, oh, he was darling. He was so good, too. I kind of wish know. he'd been nominated. Yeah. Just, so I think we'll be seeing a lot of him. I hope so. Yeah. But I I was thrilled. that I loved Room. I Oh, that I just loved that movie. I wanted to win for Best Picture. Well, I really did. I think... I think Yoko's with you on that. Yoko would say, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brie Larson was phenomenal. That uh, Can we talk about Jacob Tremblay for a minute? Why did he not get any kind of uh, nomination? Well, or a little or, bitty one. Yeah, but, you know, they gave Shirley Temple a little thing. I they know. gave Jodie Foster a little thing. I mean, there's you know different what? actors. As, and a, as a child actor advocate, which I am, in some ways, I'm glad he didn't get nominated. I don't think it's healthy for children to get nominated. This is too much for a child. So in, emotionally, I think it's healthier to not nominate kids for Oscars. Because where do you go from there? Or maybe, again, maybe there should be its own category. Yeah. Maybe you could have, you That know. would be different. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was wonderful. He was and he was so cute when he presented last night. And I loved their relationship. I believe their relationship in real life. I've seen her interviewed so many times and she's just talked about, you know, well, how you amazing he is. There in the audience. I know. It was them together. Yeah. Like, and that's that's something with two adult actors you don't always get that back and forth and that bringing out the best in each other and you really saw it with those two and that kid where the hell did that kid come from he was just fantastic yoko as an editor was just like blown away because he's as an editor what i've learned what i have heard is to be able to put a camera on an actor and just let it go and never have to cut away, you know, I mean, you can, if you want to, or you, you know, there's some, some purpose to it, but that you don't need to, because they're so present. They're so alive in that moment. They're so real is just amazing at any age. And then that kid so young, the, the camera was on him for like five minutes at a time, practically, you know, you did not have to cut away. He was so solid. He was so there. He was so, 
real and just beautiful. I mean, what yeah. talent and yeah. honesty. George Miller ought to win Best Director. There was not a single movie this year any more fun than Mad Max. I really enjoyed Steve Jobs. I love the way Danny Boyle directs a movie. It's always something new and unique and interesting. The Revenant is like a Terrence Malick movie if Terrence Malick were an asshole. Best Director. Best Director, there was some controversy in the household because I wanted Adam McKay to win. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Adam uh, McKay win. Linda Eastman really wanted George Miller to win. Like he, that, you know, it was, he was rooting for it. And um, I, you know, it was funny when Alejandro Inaratu won, I, uh, you haven't seen The Revenant. The Revenant was too long. Uh, it was way too long, and it was really funny in his package. He was saying, you know, I think the secret to it was I just turned on the camera, and I did these really long shots, and we were going, maybe not so long would have been good. Maybe that's where you went wrong, but, you know, I guess not. It won Best Picture, but I think that movie could have had a good no, 45. No, win Best Picture. The Revenant? Spotlight won Best Picture. Oh, you're right. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> but oh, he won, won Best Director. Yeah. And it won Best Cinematography. Yeah. It was shot using all natural light. Um, And so what I had read about it was that, again, I haven't seen it, but I am told it is amazing. Yeah. The film. opening scene is beautiful. There's, there's a lot of beautiful shots. I think it should have won Best Cinematography. Absolutely. And so... The it was all using natural light, and they would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until the time came. It sounds like maybe it was the magic hour, but that there was one time a day in which they would film every day. Wow! But they would rehearse all day, and then when that time came, they did it all in one take. When I was reading that, I thought like, oh my god, Yoko probably in some ways would hate that because if you're only doing it in one take, you don't have a lot of options. Well, and maybe and that's why it was so long. That's what, but that's what made me think of you that. Know, you know, listen, that. when you watch a movie and at the end of the movie, you look at each other and congratulate each other for not falling asleep and for... <laughs> for making it through we, it. we yeah. yeah and that's really what we did we celebrated <laughs> making it through the movie i don't know if that's the best thing you want to walk out of a movie feeling so yes i'm glad that it didn't win best picture i'm getting to best picture now but um, wait wait i gotta stop because oh, I, yeah. I do want to oh, I, I do want to comment on that I, again i would have loved to have seen adam mckay yeah we love adam mckay um, for so many reasons yeah Funny or die. yeah <laughs> and i mean all of these guys did amazing work alejandro inarito i love that he won two consecutive oscars yeah. it has not been done since joseph mankiewicz and what was 1551 shout out to my mexican brethren oh, and bad. you know it's yeah. like i think that that's phenomenal and again i loved birdman that was my favorite movie of the year last year i was happy for everything that got i didn't love revenant and that is what i keep hearing that that is consistently what i have yeah heard. and i love birdman it's, oh it's i love that one movie. of my favorite movies of all time yeah i know i'm with you it sticks with me even to this day but there is pride that you know here's this mexican director sure who who did that he's very talented i just like yeah. i said there there i think there were directorial things i did not agree with in the revenant and I have to say again, not having seen it, I can't I can't comment directly, but 
I think more people I know agree with you on that. And Lenny Abrahamson, you know, Room. That was like... It was great. That was beautiful directing. Beautiful. The simplicity of it. It's not these big sprawling shots. It's not, you know, this in, in Room. Lenny really did such amazing character work with those actors. You know, that, that really... The strength of Room is in those actors and those performances and those characters and their relationships right. and that... That that always resonates with me. Those kinds of directors. Then, Anyways. when you think of though Spotlight and the Big Short, and how you mentioned earlier how they kept the plates spinning, you yes. know that was another. You know how do you decide? Yeah, that was this was a tough category this year, maybe the toughest. Well, and the, and the Big Short again, like Moneyball, being about a subject that is really difficult to understand. Yeah, the Big Short is is telling a story to the world that a lot of people don't know um, in a way that hopefully they'll start to understand. Whereas Spotlight, everybody kind of, I mean, it's been a joke about priests and, and it should not be a joke, but yeah. it has been a, it has been a thing that people have talked well, about for the so long. clip they showed with the man, you know, who's the, that, oh, that just that heavy duty clip where he said, but I didn't you know, yeah, I, he where he admitted to having sex with him, but, but I didn't rape them. I didn't, you know, I, because I was raped. Yeah, that what a powerful clip they chose at the Oscars. Whew. Right. Yeah. And I felt like it was important to them to do that, too. Yeah. Room was my favorite movie of the year. I thought it was fantastic. The craftsmanship was beautiful. The directing, the cinematography, the editing, the acting, all of it um, just so well done and so compelling and so much fun to watch. I really enjoyed Room, but um, I knew it wouldn't win, but it was my favorite movie of the year. Well, I know a lot of people have been really down on, and I get it, the racial diversity issue is something that needs to be addressed and things in the Academy need to change. I thought this was a really interesting race for the best picture. First of all, anytime an over-the-top action movie like Mad Max Fury Road is up for best picture... In my opinion, we have an interesting year. That's a really diverse year in that we have a movie about priests molesting children and a movie about a post-apocalyptic world where everybody's batshit insane and driving over-the-top gas-guzzling cars shows that, you know, there's a lot of different things being looked at for Best Picture these days, and I find that very interesting. What I like about Brooklyn is that it does a lot of things oscar movies usually do, but it does them in a more understated, nuanced way. It doesn't feel like it's talking down to the audience or flattering their pre-existing sensibilities. Best picture. <laughs> All right. Dun, da, da, da. Best picture. No. Yes. What do you think? I wasn't unhappy. I wanted Room to win. I didn't want Revenant to win. I would have been happy had Mad Max won. I would have preferred to have seen big short win over spotlight but i'm not disappointed spotlight didn't win there was a little part of me that wanted brooklyn to win just because it was such an old-fashioned movie going experience i'm so glad you say that because i was just having that thought one of the things i i was struck by brooklyn was the simplicity of it but yet the depth of it yes and it wasn't cliche like there wasn't cliche lines in it um and it was even though it's about an Irish person and an Italian American 
I felt like it was such, it was a story that regardless of color or or creed or you know, or era or time that people can really relate to what it is like to go out on your own to move away from your from your family and I think maybe being somebody who moved 2000 miles away from her family at the age of 17 to a place where I knew no one you know that that it, that it really did strike me in a very personal place but I don't think that I'm unique at all in that experience and so that's one of those things that I loved about Brooklyn was how that story is so universal regardless right just the characters just so kind of beautiful and simplest simplistic and in, in in the deepest way yeah <laughs> sounds a little contradictory but yeah so I, I wouldn't I would not have been I, I would have been really surprised had Brooklyn yeah won. But Brooklyn didn't win anything. I wouldn't have minded if the Martian won. I would have minded if the Martian won. But I think my the room was what I was hoping for, even though I knew it wouldn't. I just was happy Revenant didn't win. <laughs> because, like I said from before, my feeling when the movie was over is not the way I feel you should feel when the for the best Oscar film. Just like, woo, I got through it. That's, you know, that's not what you want for your best Oscar film. The way that Spotlight won is that the Oscars find the best picture by doing something called the preferential ballot system, which means that basically when you're voting for the best picture in the Academy, if you're an Academy member, you don't just say Revenant. You don't just say Mad Max. You don't just say Big Short. You actually rank all the movies in the case of 2016 from one to eight. And then all the ballots are separated out based off of the movie that they thought was the best, like the, the Revenant pile, the Big Short pile, the Mad Max pile, and the Spotlight pile. And then each pile is counted. And they see if the one that's in the lead, let's say, for example, sake, the Revenant, if that winning pile, if that one with the most votes at this moment in time has 50% of the voted ballots plus one. If it does, the Revenant wins, but obviously that didn't happen. So they then have to go to a second step, which means they go to the pile of ballots that had the least number of votes. Let's say Brooklyn, the least number of people thought Brooklyn was going to win. And they take those Brooklyn ballots and they redistribute them to the other movies based off of what each ballot from the Brooklyn pile thought was the second best movie. So while a lot of people might have thought that the Revenant was the first you know, the, the best, best movie of the year, a lot of people might not, might not have thought it was the second best movie. And so, and that's where the upset comes from. So if everybody that voted Brooklyn to be the best picture of the year also voted for Spotlight to be the second best picture of the year, when they redistribute all those Brooklyn ballots, Spotlight can end up getting a huge boost, pushing it up from second, third, or maybe even fourth place into first. And then they repeat the process. Does Spotlight now have 50% of the voted ballots plus one? If it does, Spotlight wins, like it did. If it doesn't, they repeat the process until they have a movie that has 50% of the ballots plus one. Yeah, this is a completely complicated over the top complicated system but at the same time i appreciate this because it makes the best picture winner a little more unpredictable and it gives extra value to all the ballots especially because apparently there are people in the academy that even though they're supposed to rank them they just go revenant best picture and they send it in so yeah you know you voted revenant best picture but you don't have your second or third place votes in there too so your ballot might actually not contribute that much in the end i 
I just think that adds an interesting layer to the entire affair. That could just be a simple open and shut. Everybody loves The Revenant. Okay, The Revenant wins. As a whole, I thought the show was, I thought it was a really good Oscar show. Yeah. I thought Chris Rock did a great job. I thought the musical performances, the way they did them were really nice. Um, I thought it moved along really well. I thought they addressed the issues they needed to address in a great way. And, you know, when it was over, I went, oh, you know, we were going to watch a movie afterwards because I went, what is it, like 730? And we like we couldn't believe how late it was, you know, because I didn't feel like I'd been slogging on through a long show. Again, it, Dork TV cut us off before the end, so I was just oh, kind of that angry. That sucks. Best whatever. Um, well, first of all, I also want to give Jared Leto a shout out for oh, the always. Merkin comment. Oh, and, like, telling you know, people. that's my favorite reference, so I was very excited. And I'm just wondering, how many people actually did go out and Google Merkin? Oh, you know, Merkin, bring Merkin into the, the everyday language. That's what I say. Those... I'm wearing a Merkin right now. <laughs> and that's why you don't need any lube. <laughs> uh, look it up, people. Uh-huh. Uh those walk-in talks, I thought Kate Winslet in that, not Kate Winslet, uh, Kate Blanchett in that foam green blue dress that you didn't like, that I liked. It didn't look like she could walk. I was waiting oh, for somebody to eat so it. so funny. Those walk-in talks I with know. actors, it's oh. like, I understand directing, you're trying to keep the show moving yes. and make it interesting, but I was just waiting for somebody to fall. I know. I love when people fall at the Oscars. She's <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I, a, I love a good Oscar fall, damn it. I think it was when they were announcing or like introducing the film The Revenant and it was Benicio Del Toro and Jennifer uh, Garner and then they shot to the bear in the audience. Yes, that was funny. But then you saw shots of Leonardo and Ignacio. So annoyed. um, Yeah, Ignorito. And they looked so annoyed. Oh my God, that was so funny. And Benicio Del Toro looked like he thought it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. So I really, I loved that um i have a question about venetia tutorial last night yes were his eyes open or closed you can never really tell <laughs> no you them. really can't you really can't tell it's like was whoopie drunk or stoned i'm gonna say she's stoned because she's a smoker and more than a drinker whenever she wears a party dress it looks like she's going i i can't believe i'm wearing a dress oh i'm so uncomfortable <laughs> and i feel for her so the revenant one for cinematography chivo and that was the third Oscar he's won in a row because he won oh, for yeah. Birdman and for Gravity. Yeah. And so I just, that was his eighth career nomination. That was kind of cool. Oh, you know, one other thing I want to say, and this is just catty. Costumes. The woman yes. who won for um, costuming, who made her last minute political statement also, she's a costume designer. Yeah, but, uh, but it didn't bother me because to me, I was. I, no, no, I, no, 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 not that. Let me finish. Okay. What the fuck was she wearing? That like, was, was what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Why don't the I it was it's so funny but that's always the case. They always look horrible. Look, this is what I loved about her. She also won an Oscar for Room with a View. Room with a View Oscar, Mad Max Fury Road Oscar. If that isn't fucking range, what is? It is. And I'm like, you are a costume designer. You can wear whatever the fuck you want. She's up there. She was she was dressed for Mad Max. I thought I actually th- expected you to be like right on, sister. Uh-uh, no, like, I wanted a better outfit. You wanted like I thought like she had. It that always is that vibe. way with the 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 costume designers. They're so funny to me. 
So we had Andy Serkis doing the visual effects. Yeah, that was fun. So Ex Machina winning best visual effects. Um, I actually, at first I was kind of like, I don't know about that, you know, over Star Wars, over Mad Max, over all these other, you know, I guess bigger budget films with more action sequences or just bigger effects. But I understand it after seeing Ex Machina because it was blended seamlessly into the movie. Like there was no hesitation where I thought, oh my gosh, that's a visual effect. It was more, oh my gosh, how did they do that? And then now finding out it wasn't, you know, it looks like a practical effect for some of the things that they had. So finding out that most of it was actual CGI and not practical effects, I understand why it won. I was happy to see Ex Machina win for that because I yeah. loved Ex yeah, Machina. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was disappointed and... that, that Oscar Isaacs wasn't nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that. Oh, I thought there's I, only so many. I, and that was Alicia love... Vikander. Yes. And she I, had quite a year Yeah, for someone like, where did we ever see her before? You know? Now, this is kind of off topic, but obviously there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of diversity in presenters mm-hmm. and um, and around, like, even just the people walking the winners on and off the stage. Olivia Munn, who I like Olivia Munn, and who I also loved her dress. Mm-hmm. I, loved, I did, too. I loved yeah, beautiful. Her dress. What's her ethnicity? I do you, do I you know? know. Well, you're looking that up. I just also really loved when C-3PO and BB-8 and and R2-D2 came out. I love R2-D2. Jacob Trombley's reaction. The kid, that made it even better to see the kid in the audience perk up. Best animated short. Did you see Bear Story, the Chilean animation? I did not. That was the first Oscar for Chile. Yeah, that was like, that was. I get. I always see choked episodes. I get. Cho- I cry a lot at the Oscars. I was a little blown away that it's been twenty years since the original Toy Story. I would know. Does it make you feel old? Yes, I loved what Kevin Hart had to say about mm-hmm. keeping it positive. Still, probably shouldn't be discussing while recording themselves. I loved the whole running joke with Kevin Hart and. Uh, and Chris Rock. That was hilarious. I really like Kevin Hart. I've loved him since Husbands of Hollywood. Olivia Munn is Chinese, Scottish, and German. There you go. Her mother is of Chinese descent, but was raised in Vietnam. So there you go. fled to Oklahoma during the Vietnam War. Wow. So there you go. What did you think about the little blurbs about the presenters on the screen, too, that gave little snippets yeah, of information, like, like they've done this and they've done that? And... I like all of that. I, I you know, so you but thought I it like enhanced something. Yeah, I think it enhances. You know, I like, I like a lot of info. I do, too. It added something to it. I'm, I, I'm hearing different things sort of in the media about whether or not it's going to stay, whether they're going to keep doing it or not. I think maybe they'll just sort of refine it in some way. I loved, uh, again, we really didn't talk about this too much, but I I do want to also say when Mark Rylance did win, he looked as shocked as anyone else. I think, yeah. He is a stage actor. He's up there in a suit that does not look like it fits him at all. He He was like very awkward. He did not know what to say. And I loved... It was charming. In... Bridge, uh, Bridge of Spies, the whole Stoichi Moshik, the man who stands. 
that. I mean, I really, I liked Bridge of Spies far more than I expected myself to. His, Mark Rylance's performance was great. Great to see a stage actor kind of do that. So I just kind of wanted to give a little shout out. What about Louis C.K.? Oh, um, you know what? As a comedian, you would think that I would say that was great, but I was, I was sitting there, I was very uncomfortable because I, I, you know, I love documentary filmmakers and I thought it was really offensive. What, that he said that they'll never make any money? Yeah, I love that the woman who once said, well, good thing this is my second Oscar, you know. Right. Uh, that this is, no, that he said this is, this will be the biggest night of their lives. This will be, they're going to go home in a haunt. Yeah, okay. There was all these people there with their, you know, parents watching, their friends watching. This was a huge night for them. They're at the fucking Oscars. And Louie, come on. I was offended by it. Yeah, in the news feed on my Facebook, my comedian friends thought it was hilarious. But yeah, I, I was uncomfortable. I thought it was very Louie. And so I felt like, oh, this is very uncomfortable. Where is the joke coming? Because usually there's a moment where it just gets so uncomfortable and then the joke kind of comes and, and breaks it. Uh, and and actually, I think that the real punchline wasn't his. It was the fact that the woman who won she was, was a two-time. I loved her. I loved when she said that. I was like, you go, girl. Right. And that the fact that because of their movie, uh, the Pakistani government is, I don't know if they are, whether they're just considering changing the law on female honor killings. I mean... Fuck yeah. And I, I love the message of what Louis' joke was sort of about. Like, these are people who are do, who are making movies not to make money, right. not to get famous, no, not to win great, awards. The way They're he, doing it to really affect real change. Them. Yes. It it sounded like that. I don't think it was his intent, but it just... it just Ooh, I didn't like it. It's not for primetime audience. It's mm. for an FX audience. It seems for... It was these, you know, don't... These people the, the Oscars going home in a Honda Civic. Yeah, it minimalized what they were doing. It made it's yeah. That's the kind of thing you say when you're watching at home with your friends. You know? Yeah, you you don't actually say that at the Oscar ceremony because it's dissing what these people have worked on. You don't make fun of of someone when it's their life's work and their life's blood. It's like it's like when I when I film something. Okay, when I'm working with an actor. You don't know what how that person walked in and where I've taken them to the point. So if someone watches it and makes fun of the actor's performance, I'm always like, oh, I'm so offended. First of all, because you don't know. You don't know where they started with, yeah. as a therapist, you know? Yep. There are baby steps. Mm-hmm. And you take, you know, I, I don't mean to use this as a non-therapy term, but you, somebody may look at someone you've been working with and say, wow, okay, well, they're still a hot mess, but you don't know what they, you know, a month ago, where they've come from, they're, they're great. You have your backstory. You know where you're coming from. You know what's going on in your life and you come in and, and you've got to bring that in with you. And and I talk about that all the time that we, you know, we walk into the room, we're, we're carrying in everything that has that we've just gone through and you never know you never like you're saying you never know where somebody has just been and you've so got for, it yeah yeah you know these people documentary filmmakers i'm a big fan of them it also and, made me think of jane and cunt after the comment yeah exactly so you know i i feel that louis is you know a good person and probably went oh oops 
you know, a little bit. Or maybe not. I don't know. It was, it offended me. I, it wasn't my favorite. What did you think about the In Memoriam with Dave Grohl oh, playing Dave Blackbird? Grohl was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, there's always people missing. Um, there was no Abe Vigoda. There was an Abe Vigoda. And that? that I that is the one note I took. <laughs> so thank you. I almost forgot to say that. I was horrified. The one that really moved me was Alan Rickman. Oh yeah. That was just really that was like oh, oh I know. And of course yeah. David Bowie. And of course David Bowie, but yeah, I don't know. Alan Rickman when when I think of actors, when I think of great actors, I don't think David Bowie. I think great musicians, great right. performers, no, you know, no, great Alan, artists. Yeah. But Alan Rickman, just great. And what did you think of Joe Biden coming out? That was cool. Were you expecting anything like that? No, I was hoping he would announce he was running for president. But <laughs> that you were happen. hoping on the Republican I'm ticket? I'm a big Joe Biden fan. So, but, you know, because we're talking about Joe the Oscars, Biden. so. But that was what was yeah. so weird. I was like, what is Joe Biden yeah, doing here? Yeah. Following Sofia Vergara announcing the son of Saul. You know, and why why do they have to um why do they have to have foreign people doing the foreign films? Right. <laughs> that, that right. Always, that's so funny. Who you know. And was that um Matt Damon you think that Joe Biden was like, Hey Matt? Like, <laughs> it's like it's so fucking him, right? Yeah. Like, where am I? Oh right, I'm not in my living room. So, okay. That's it, I guess. Climate control speech by Leo in the end. We had a couple of those. We had lots of diversity yeah. talk. A lot of social messaging. Uh, you know, not as much as there have been. I think there it wasn't as much as usual. I think there, there was only actually a few social messaging speeches. And I think maybe that's because of the whole controversy. I think there was... Just the Oscars this year were clouded in the big controversy, and maybe that's why not as many people spoke out about other things, like yeah. or individually spoke out. They didn't, so maybe it was because of that. Yeah, I don't point. know. Yeah, I mean, because in a lot of ways they didn't have to. But overall, I thought it was a great Oscar show. I, I thought Chris Rock was brave and fearless, and and you know uh, I love me some Neil Patrick Harris, but he wasn't the greatest Oscar host last year. He's still the best Tony host ever, but Chris Rock, Chris I Rock could see him. Do, he rocked it. Yeah, Chris Rock rocked it. Yeah. So and, um, we're mad love to to him and to all the winners and all the all the people who and the worked dresses. So hard. Yeah, all the people who worked so hard making it happen, and the documentary filmmakers. Yes, the documentary short. Yes, documentary shorts. I think you guys, you keep rocking, guys. So, all right, class. Um, no running in the halls. No speaking out in your acceptance speeches in history class. Uh, yeah. Have diversity in your essays. Oh. Wait a minute. I know we got to go, but I just did want to ask, what did you think of Tracy Morgan as the Danish girl? I loved it. Oh my God. I loved it. That was a fantastic moment. That this was beautiful. This is a delicious Danish girl. <laughs> I know that's not the line, but it made me. Oh, it was awesome. That was it was really... amazing. I, you know, I love Tracy Morgan and I'm happy that he's alive and making funny. Yes. I'm glad he's back. Yeah. All right. Time for second bell. See you later, class. Ding. Cinema Sex Ed.
Oscar edition. Sersha. Sersha. It's Sersha. He said Sersha. Tom says it's Sosha. It's Sersha. Hello, my name is Lindsay, and over on YouTube I have a channel called My Two Cents of Nonsense, where I talk about movies and be just a nerd in general. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. <laughs>